1: Good morning. Happy Friday to you. I don't know how much of a bang I'm going to start your day off with today because, well, I'm a little exhausted. We had a great night last night down at 50s Night. Thank you to everybody that came out and hung out with everyone downtown and came by the table and said hello. I think that um, it was probably the biggest 50s Night that I've been to. So it's great to see how much it has bounced back because, as you know, it was a couple of years off, not only with Joe Jesus, you know, passing away, but also then with the pandemic. So, you know, things, things have worked out now to where they're at the point where I think it's just going to keep growing and growing each year. Everybody down there had a great time. Saw a lot of people, a lot of cars, And actually, I didn't really get to walk around and and see the cars very much because I was at our WBSM table and just talking with everyone, everyone coming up and talking about how much they love the program and how much they love the lineup here. And it was great to be able to put some faces to some of the phone calls and also to see so many people who said, I listen all the time, but I never call in. If that was you, if you were one of the folks that said that, don't. Don't worry, you can call in. We're all friends here. Even if you just want to call in and say hi and talk about 50s night, you can do so. And I think that uh, we got a lot of people coming up to me and talking about the 50s music playing on WBSM. We had a lot of folks talking about how much they loved the music that was being played by the bands there. I mean, the music of the 50s and, and, and everything about the 50s. Is timeless. It is a decade that I think is we we romanticize things in the past, and so yeah, we're going to look at the nineteen fifties as being this wonderful, like "Leave It to Beaver," "Father Knows Best" type era. And it wasn't like that for everyone, and we understand that, and we're not we're not belittling what others might have gone through or what challenges there might have been in the 1950s. But celebrating some of the good things about it doesn't mean that you are ignoring some of the not-so-good things that happened. But this was about a celebration of a time when society seemed a little bit more innocent. At least, again, maybe we're romanticizing that. But it was kind of the last decade of innocence, you could say. And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with just how the 50s have been portrayed since then. And it's funny because I was talking about this with someone recently where I said, you know, I think a lot of why we look at the 50s with this idea of a simpler time and more innocent time isn't so much about the fact that it's when the folks who are saying that grew up. But I think if you look at the 1970s with the influx of things like American graffiti, which then led the way to Happy Days. You had Greece. You had people looking back at the 50s fondly. And I think that that's kind of shaped a lot of the way people look back at that decade. And then the TV of the time was very innocent. And I think that helped shape some of the way people looked at the decade. So last night was about celebrating all of that, celebrating the memory of Joe Jesus. And, uh, and having another great event in the city of New Bedford. And, of course, Mayor John Mitchell was there. He got up on the stage and spoke to the crowd not long after he had posted the video to social media saying that he is running for another term. It will be another four-year term because, as you know, the city approved that a few years ago. So this will be the second four-year mayoral term in New Bedford history. And uh, and Mayor Mitchell you know, always keeps his cards closed to the vest when it comes to whether or not he's going to run. Uh, He was saying that he really hadn't made a decision, but I think in his heart, I think he probably knew, and and he'll come in with Marcus and Chris next week and talk about it. Actually, I I don't think he's, they're at Duke's Bakery this Wednesday. So, but he'll he'll talk with them, maybe another day next week, and he'll give us a little bit more of the insight into that process, but I, I think that he kind of knew all along that he wasn't finished with the things that he wanted to do for the city. But was it a question of could someone else come in and keep going what he started? And also could he also contribute in a way going forward? So I think when he sat down and thought about those things, he thought the best decision was for him to run again. Uh, Looking at the list of people who have taken out papers, I don't think anybody's going to mount a serious challenge. However, there is still time, and this could be a domino effect. Mayor Mitchell announcing that he's running could lead to a more significant figure announcing that they will run against him, someone who could also get the required number of signatures in a short amount of time. So I think that you may hear a challenger because if you look at the way the city council – and especially City Council President Linda Morad and Councilor at Large Brian Gomes have challenged the mayor just in this calendar year, let alone for the entirety of this current term. I could see either one of them wanting to step up and, and challenge him. I know a lot of people have mentioned the name of, of Councilor at Large Ian Abreu as a potential. Mayoral candidate, I I don't know anything. He said said to Chris and Marcus the other day that he is running again for councilor-at-large and that he is not planning to run for mayor. And I take him at his word, and I know just behind the scenes how much work he's putting into getting Silmo relaunched. He was there at 50's night last night. And... I think he wants to get that company up and running before he would be in a position where he would want to have a job that would take focus away from that. So not this time around, but maybe next time around. You know, I don't I don't know that it's a job that he necessarily wants. If you would ask me, you know, five or ten years ago, does Ian neighbor want to be mayor of New Bedford? I would say, Oh, absolutely. He was he's he's built for that. But now you know having a young family having a new business being launched sometimes priorities shift so maybe maybe that isn't what he wants but certainly he would be somebody i think would be a contender in the next election just because of the timing of this with getting everything launched and by that point in 4 years you know the way that the silmo relaunch has gone just in the the less than a year the company could be in a much easier position for him to say, okay, I'm going to not put 100% of my focus into that and I can step up and, and and run for mayor. So maybe not this time, but but maybe next time. So looking at other possible candidates, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't call them dark horse candidates. I wouldn't call them, you know, outsiders necessarily, but the last couple of challengers that Mayor Mitchell has had have been people that kind of You know, you didn't expect having Charlie Perry, a police officer, step up and decide to run against him. You know, I don't think anybody's looking and saying, well, this police officer is ready to run for mayor. It was just something that kind of came about. Uh, And the same with Tyson Moultrie, who kind of had a doomed campaign from the start because it didn't seem like the facts were lining up. And then. When he was challenged on certain things, he did not respond well. Maybe he's gone and learned a little bit more political finesse. I don't know. But I know that the people who have taken out papers, I don't know that any of them would be a challenger. Could be wrong. I mean, when they have the, if they all return the papers and they're all put on the ballot, you're going to have, excuse me, a preliminary election. The top two vote-getters would then square off in the final election. you got to think Mayor Mitchell would be one of those. And it would be interesting to see who goes against him. And maybe some of the people who have pulled papers for, for mayor were doing so because they thought it was going to be an open seat. Because the mayor had not yet announced if he was going to run for re-election. So I'm going to ask you today, 508-996-0500, do you want another four years of Mayor John Mitchell? Do you want to see him continue the work that he's been doing for what will have been the past 12 years? And do you think he is the right person to lead the city into the future? Will some of you vote for him just because of a lack of a serious challenger? Or will some of you say, hey, I'm going to look at one of those challengers because I think, you know, 12 years of one mayor is enough. No other mayor has served as much time in New Bedford except for Mayor Ashley. And I don't think you need to look back too much and and, and wonder what he gave to the city. I mean, we see his fingerprints all over and the change that he affected all over. And I think the same thing will be said for Mayor Mitchell whenever his time in office is done. Whether that be this November or, you know, the end of this, this year, unlikely. Or whether it be after another four terms. So, what does it mean if nobody wants to challenge a mayor that will have been in for 12 years. If nobody decides, you know, no, no one of significance decides to step up and challenge him, I think that says that the city is pretty happy with the job that he's doing. And I know people want to call and complain about him. People call this station, people call during his segment. Got contentious Wednesday when he was in. Some don't like the way he handles public safety issues and the way that they represent crime in the city. He addressed in his video, he mentioned less crime, and I'm sure many people will want to pick that apart. But in the end, when it comes time to vote, he's going to be reelected overwhelmingly. So all the people that call up talk radio and complain, all the people that go on Facebook and go into Facebook groups and complain, they're still in the minority. Either that or they don't vote. So we'll see how this shakes out. But I think if he doesn't have a serious challenger and he wins overwhelmingly, which seems to have been the case, then you've got to look back and say New Bedford as a whole likes the job that Mayor John Mitchell has done for them. Keep in mind, and I say this all the time, but talk radio, while representative of what some of the people think, is not representative of what all of the people think. People who are generally happy about things. People who are generally happy with the way that things are going. Don't feel the need to call in to talk radio to complain or in this case, not to complain. You don't get a lot of phone calls here talking about local issues where people call up and say things like, well, I think everything's wonderful. I think that we have a great mayor. I think that the city is in wonderful shape. I think the state is one that everybody should want to come and move to if people feel that way. They're not compelled to call talk radio and, and preach about it. You're compelled to call in and talk when you have something to complain about. And we'll we'll have complaints. We'll have complaints now until November. People will call up and say, I can't believe this guy is running again. I can't, I'm going to vote for Mickey Mouse before I vote for him. And in the end, it won't matter because he'll be reelected. 508-996-0500. That's the number for you to call in and chime in. You can also send app chat messages via the WBSM app. And we will also take any open line voicemails that you want to leave. Was there a particular song last night played during the playlist? And I know there were some technical issues. I I, mean, I still don't know what happened there, but I'm going to say it was probably my fault. I built the playlist I stuffed it full of uh, great songs, and everything should have been playing perfectly fine. But I guess there was a, a stoppage there, and we uh, got it back going again, but I, I don't know what caused it. So when when Jason comes in later, I'm going to have to have him take a look at it and say, here's what you did wrong, Tim, so that I don't do it again next year. It's I'm new <laughs> when it comes to the programming side of things. Uh, I'm new to taking all that stuff over. So last year, Jason was huge in helping me with putting all that together. I just had to put the songs together, and then he looked over everything, and the training wheels are off for me now. So any issues that happened, those were probably my fault, but I don't know for sure. Uh, And also, this is something that we will continue on each and every 50s night. We've got great sponsors who who step up and make it so that it can happen. And I want to thank all of them. People were coming up to me and talking about the playlist, and I said to them, the best way that you can show us how much you liked it is by going out, supporting these sponsors, and telling them that you heard that they were sponsors of 50s Nights Music on WBSM, and and thank them for it. Because they're the ones that make it happen. All right, 508-996-0500. We'll be back in just a few moments. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. And then the witch doctor, he told me what to do. He said that... I- Me true. I told the witch doctor you there you more. go. David Seville. And, the and actually, this isn't is David Seville Christ and the Chipmunks, at least not originally. It was just David Seville because there were no Chipmunks when he made this song. He was, uh, from my understanding, if I remember correctly, he was a record producer, uh, an engineer, who realized that he could speed up his voice and, and have that little high-pitched voice for the witch doctor character in that song back in 1958. And that led to him developing the Chipmunks character. Then you got the TV show in the 1960s, and then that turned into the whole Chipmunks empire. But the funny thing about it is, uh, David Seville wasn't even his real name. I believe it Ross Ross Bagdasarian, and he came up with that name because he was like, this, is, this, this isn't going to go anywhere. This is just a, a fun little goof, which a lot of those novelty hits of the 50s were. They were just a fun little goof that was put out a lot of times. It was record engineers, radio DJs who would come up with these songs. In fact, uh, Chantilly Lace by the Big Bopper was not really intended to be a big hit. It, he was a radio DJ who just decided, hey, I'm going to get into this rock and roll thing and make my own song because to them, at that time, rock and roll was just a fad. You know, they're like, "Ah, this this probably will go away for a little while. It's kind of like, you know, when Rick Dees made Disco Duck in the 70s. You just got the the DJ making the, the song about the Disco Duck. And you had DJs that made rap albums, uh, rap songs. Back in the early nineteen eighties too. So it was kind of the same idea, but it turned into that chipmunk empire. And just the other day I was following some eighties, you know, social media account, and they played the original opening to the eighties chipmunk cartoon, and I must have watched it a dozen times singing along and remembering how great it was sitting down on a Saturday morning watching that show. All right. Well, right now it is time to sit down and listen to all of the news of the day with Adam Bass.
2: An effort to restore abortion rights in Missouri is moving forward. A proposed ballot initiative that would put abortion rights in the state constitution is being held up by Missouri's Republican Attorney General. On Thursday, the Missouri Supreme Court unanimously confirmed a lower court's ruling that there was no justification for Bailey's refusal to perform his duties. The federal grand jury investigating interference in the 2020 election has heard testimony from an aide to former President Donald Trump. Thursday night, the Republican frontrunner released a fundraising video about the indictment. The left is once again trying to destroy me because by destroying me, they destroy you. It's a big and vicious witch hunt. Speaker Kevin McCarthy denied a report he promised the former president, a politically divisive vote to expunge his two impeachments, including Trump's actions on January 6th. Alabama early this morning put to death a man who beat an elderly woman to death more than 20 years ago. The execution of 64-year-old James Barber is Alabama's first since Governor Kay Ivey lifted a suspension on capital punishment in February. Barber was convicted and sentenced to death for killing 75-year-old Dorothy Epps during a robbery at her home near Huntsville in 2001. Ivy had suspended capital punishment in November and ordered a review of the lethal injection process after a string of botched executions last year. The family of a U.S. soldier who intentionally crossed into North Korea says they're worried about his mental state. The concerns come after no response from North Korea about Travis King, according to Pentagon Deputy Press Secretary Sabrina Singh.
1: We don't know his condition. We don't know um, where he's being held. We don't know
2: um, the status of his health. King's uncle, Carl Gates, told NBC News that the 23-year-old has been acting out ever since his six-year-old cousin died in February. Gates added he's still grieving and that he had a lot to do with what he did. King's family is especially nervous because they don't know where he is. The Department of Defense believes the U.S. Army private is in North Korean custody. There's no end in sight to the heat wave that's roasting much of the U.S. On Thursday, over 90 million people lived in, who lived in areas experienced dangerous heat, levels of heat. Forecasters warn the heat dome is expanding in Texas and in the southwest and could drag well into next week. In Phoenix, temperatures have stayed above 110 degrees for the last 21 days. The U.S. says Russia is laying the groundwork to attack civilian ships in the Black Sea and blame Ukraine. The declaration comes days after Russia backed out of a deal that helped move grain from Ukrainian ports, threatening the global food supply. Wildfires are being reported across the western U.S., Arizona, California, New Mexico, and Oregon all reported new wildfires this week during, re- during the week's re- record-setting heat wave. Meanwhile, air quality in the northern U.S. is slowly improving as smoke from the Canadian wildfires starts to thin. And millions of Americans will be heading to the multiplexes today to see two blockbuster movies. Greta Gerwig's Barbie and Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer are both getting rave reviews and tickets are selling fast. The films could generate a combined $200 million at the box office this weekend. In sports, the Red Sox are hosting the Mets tonight at Fenway Park in the first of a three-game series. First pitch is thrown at 7.10 p.m. And now, here's your ABC6 local weather forecast.
1: Looking at a fairly decent day today, but a lot of clouds this morning will yield to some breaks of sunshine for the afternoon Can't completely rule out the threat of a shower, though. We'll be still a little bit on the muggy side. Highs near 80 degrees. A lot of clouds for tonight, and again, a spot shower in the area, but for the most part, we'll stay dry, although there will be some areas of fog forming. Could be locally dense down towards the south coast. Overnight lows in the upper 60s. Beautiful day coming our way to start the weekend. Good deal of sunshine, a much more comfortable day, with highs reaching the low 80s. Be sure to watch ABC6, my full seven-day forecast, from the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist
2: Bill Guile on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It's currently 66 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app.
0: No time to sit around and wait on the phone while you're getting up and getting ready? Send Tim a text using AppChat on the WBSM app. Now, back to the Tim Weisberg Show.
1: Well, I saw the thing coming out of the sky. It had one long horn and one big eye. Like a Mr. shaking in the city it looks
0: like a purple people eater to me it was a one-eyed one horn flying purple people eater one-eyed one horn flying purple people eater a one-eyed one horn
1: flying purple people eater sure looks strange to me one eye Who really came down to earth and he lit in the tree i said mr purple people And yeah, there's another one of those 50s, 50s novelty I songs in a voice so gruff, i
2: wouldn't
0: so, okay. Once again, <laughs> <wanna try laughs>
1: just playing around with some of the settings uh, at the record company in the, in the in the production studio, whatever it might have been, that leads to another hit novelty song, and I, that's a big thing for me. Growing up, I was a huge Weird Al Yankovic fan, and to this day, I still geek out knowing that Weird Al has listened to at least one of my radio programs because uh, on my internet, one of my internet. Paranormal shows, I had Weird Al's drummer on, Bermuda Schwartz. Uh, He came out with a book a couple years ago where it was all the photographs he had collected on tour with Weird Al um, over the years because Weird Al's had the same band for 40 years. And so Bermuda is also a photographer and he took all these great photos over the years and put out this giant like coffee table book With all the photos and so he was going to come on My show to talk about it and he said well why don't I Get the rest of the band to come on too And so I had Weird Al's entire band on We tried to get Al but you know he was A little bit busy And during the show As we're going along I'm texting Back and forth with Bermuda And he texts me he goes by the way Al texted me He's listening And I just totally geeked out I was like oh my god Weird Al's listening to my show and so then I have to you know come on and be impressive with all my weird old knowledge, but it was um, it was a really cool moment for me because as I said I've been a fan my whole life. I remember being I forget how old I was seven eight nine ten something like that, standing in the Bradleys at the Westgate Mall with a ten dollar bill in my hand that I'd gotten for I don't know doing something for my aunt helping you know used to help out my aunt when I'd go over to my grandmother's house and she'd she'd pay me and. It wasn't necessarily an allowance or anything, but it was just, you know, here, thanks for helping me, you know, clean, clean my room. Here's 10 bucks. And I went to Bradley's and I stood there in the tape section and I had in one hand Weird Al's even worse. And I had in the other hand, the Beatles Sergeant Pepper. It's like, which one, which one do I get? And being the age that I was, I went with Weird Al and I'm glad that I did because I ended up getting the Beatles later anyway but also because it helped shape, you know, my sense of humor and uh, and everything going forward and of course I was a huge huge fan of Dr. Demento. Still trying to get him to come on maybe this show because I've tried to get him on all my shows and we keep getting close and then it doesn't work out. I've had, you know, conversations with him Just trying to set up a date. So hopefully we can get him on because I think everybody would love to hear from the doctor, right? Dr. Demento. And one of the most encyclopedic minds of music ever. He knows everything, not just about novelty music either, but he knows everything right off the top of his head. And he introduced me to a lot of the great novelty songs. And that's why I still try to keep them alive. Someday, one of these days, we will have, and I used to say this all the time on Saturday mornings, and I used to say it all the time at nine o'clock. One of these days, we will have just a novelty song day. There must be a National Novelty Song Day. There's a National Everything Day. If not, I'm going to get it put on the national whatever day calendar. And it'll be a day where we'll just play a bunch of fun novelty songs. Some Weird Al, some Stan Freeberg, maybe some Sparks. I play a lot of Sparks anyway, but some of their stuff would probably qualify as, as novelty songs. Some Dickie Goodman. Remember Dickie Goodman? I don't know if you remember Dickie Goodman. But he was the guy that would put out those records where... It was some sort of, like, news story of the day. And Dickie Goodman is the reporter who is interviewing somebody. And the answers to all of his questions are cuts from songs, popular songs of the time. Great format. I've tried to write my own over the years. Failed miserably. But such a fun format and fun songs. I would have put some of those in the playlist last night. But uh, it's, it's a little bit difficult to have that running and, you know, when you're trying to get people to be out and dancing and having a good time, they're fun to listen to, but they're not exactly something you dance to. All right, 508-996-0500. That is the number to call in and chime in. Also, you can hit us up on App Chat or open line voicemails on the WBSM app, and we'll keep checking those throughout the day. Later on in the program, by the way, in the 8 o'clock hour, as we are each Friday, we will be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad, and joining her today will be Ward 6 Councilor Ryan Pereira, and we're going to talk about, first of all, there was a meeting last night. We were so wrapped up with 50s night that we we didn't really know, talk about the fact that there was a city council meeting last night. And it was a council meeting that was packed. There were a lot of folks there last night because the administration had requests to hire unit C positions at a grade other than step one and to remove the residency requirement. And they were also going to be um, talking about approving the police contract and the reduction in the residency requirement there as well. So I think that there is a lot that we will be able to discuss with Council President Morad and Councilor Pereira. And we can discuss a lot with you at 508-996-0500. Another thing too, it's Friday, right? So if it's Friday, and that means we're going to be talking with the counselors, Friday also means that it's a good day to go to the butcher shop because when they prepare all of their prepared foods, you know, they as I tell you, they have good hot food ready to go. You can go and get a quick lunch there, grab some food already made to take home for dinner. But on Fridays, you can go in there, you can get goat. I think they do the rabbit on Fridays too, or I think Friday and Saturday they do those both. So because they know that they're very popular and I've, I've had rabbit before, but I haven't had the butcher shops rabbit. So I think I'm going to have to go and and try some of it, but I can't go on my walk down the uh, bike path first because I can't go see the rabbits and then, then go eat one. Uh, but I mean, I can eat one. They're delicious, but I, I feel a little guilty right after I just hang out with his buddies, but you can go down to to the butcher shop anyway, and you can get yourself a delicious rabbit meal, goat, caserla. Uh, they, they have all kinds of food in there. I mean, you will not, and you won't find portions like this anywhere either. They give you a heaping portion. And then when they ring you up, you say, really, that's all for all that? Because that's what they do at the butcher shop. They take care of you. For them, it's about taking care of the customer. And that will shine through in everything that you buy there. In every encounter that you have with the good folks there. So head on over to the butcher shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. And make sure that when you're there, you pick up some meat for the weekend, right? Because you're going to want to be doing some grilling. You're going to want to be having some nice steaks, some nice celebrity pork chops, some delicious chicken, maybe grab a lobster or two. They've got it all at the butcher shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. Let's uh, let's take a quick call here before I've got to take a break. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Good morning. How's it going, John?
0: That's all right. Um, national politics. Well, mm-hmm. first off, the butcher shop's great. I love their linguiça and their shitties.
1: Yeah, they make it all right uh, there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, uh, national politics. I want to know why... The left is so hell bent on censoring Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, well, how
1: how, you, how how do you feel that he's being censored?
0: Well, I don't know if you saw the the committee meeting. Um, I think it was last uh, yesterday. I know you probably didn't see it. You were pretty pretty pretty. pretty yeah, yesterday. I was running
1: all over the yesterday.
0: place. Yeah, I, I just seen a couple of a um, couple of small videos last night um, and. It was, I, I guess, it was in relation to him making um, anti-Semitic and racist comments about COVID-19, targeting certain races more than other other races. I guess you could say, um, saying that you know it attacks more of the African population versus you know white or you know it attacks more of the um, Jewish population or wh- however however he said it. Anyways. um... You know, so Jim Jordan, I, th- I believe he gave him more than five minutes to make his opening statement. And you know, everybody knows he has a speech um, impediment. You know, he's got a vocal cord disease. Um, can't really speak that well. But I think Jim Jordan took that into effect, uh, into, into, uh, into account, you know. and
1: Sure, as, said, hey, as gonna, you should, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give the guy a little bit more time to speak, you know. And uh, whoever's the lady that sits next to him, that African, uh, African-American lady, there, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's, she's a, a Democrat, you know, she freaked, she freaked out, wigged out, like you wouldn't believe on, on, on national TV. It was on C-SPAN. Um, you know, oh, he shouldn't be allowed to give more than a, 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 five minute statement, blah, 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 blah. She, you know, and, and, and Jim, and Jim was like, hey, listen, you know, the, the, the guy's going to speak, you know, and it, so he gave her, he gave him 10 minutes on the clock to speak his opening statement. She made him put that, put that timer back down to five minutes. And she was, and, you know, he was like, why, why, why are we censoring him? You know, let him speak. He let him do his opening statement. You know, and, and um, you know, when he started speaking, everybody on the left started speaking over him. I was like, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just crazy. You know, I'm, I'm a Republican, Tim, you know that. And, you know, Robert F. Kennedy, he's got a lot to say, like a lot of, a lot of decent facts, you know. And, and um, I agree with a lot of the stuff that he says. For him being a, a, a Democrat now, I think he's more of a conservative Democrat. I don't think he's a real progressive. Um, but I, yeah, I just wanted to, to, to see what you thought. You know what I mean? Are they trying to censor him, or are they, you know, are they afraid of what he's going to say, or drop a, you know, drop a bomb on these Democrats? You know, he he might know something that, uh, you know, they don't want they don't want the public knowing.
1: Well, I mean, our, uh, listen, RFK Jr. has a history of buying into ridiculous conspiracy theories, so they were probably ready for whatever conspiracy theories they thought he was going to be peddling because that's that's just what he's done that's what he's done his whole career uh and 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 I I I honestly think that he's a clown I do I think that he's a clown I think that he's just out there saying things to try to generate attention I don't think that he really he can't really believe some of the things that he says and and I think that it's a joke that he runs as a Democrat and that Republicans are coming forward and saying, well, you know me, I'm a conservative, but he's a Democrat. And I have a am really considering a lot of what he has to say because he's not a real Democrat. That's why you're listening to what he has to say. He doesn't believe in any of the same things that the Democrats believe in. He just put that D next to his name because it's family tradition.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. But I, I um, you know, I, I think he's going to come a long way in this, in this
1: race. He has really- no chance.
0: I think he is. I think he is, Tim. I really do. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be, and I, I've said this before on Marcus's show, and I, uh,
1: uh, Marcus and
0: Chris, I wouldn't be surprised if you, if you see a, you know, it, it, I think it's happened one time other, you know, one, one other time in history of a um, Republican and a Democrat uh, president and vice president ticket. I think, I think, you know, I'm not going to say, <laughs> all right, I'll say it. Trump and Kennedy, I think, I think you're going to see that ticket.
1: I really do. Well, that'd be a surefire uh, loser then for Donald Trump. <laughs> it would be because you're gonna have people you're gonna have people that are Republicans that won't vote for a Kennedy. You're gonna have people that are Republicans that won't vote with a Democrat on the ticket. So it's not it's it's not it's not a smart move for Donald Trump because he depends on his base to get him elected and his base isn't gonna want a Democrat on the ticket. Yeah. Well, not, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe if Donald Trump wasn't, you know, in his seventies. Maybe if he if it was, you know, if he was a younger guy and people didn't have to worry about what might happen if Donald Trump doesn't fulfill the term, you know, not that he has any indications that he would be in ill health, but he's an older guy. And so they might have concern with, well, then a Democrat takes over. And, and even though I like him, he's I still don't want a Democrat in control, even though I say he's not a real Democrat.
0: I um, I'm going to leave you with this. I know you're going to probably take a break, but um, Trump said not too long ago that his VP uh, choice is going to shock the world, so I, I would be I would be ready for it. You
1: know, I think he said something similar last time, and it turned out to be Mike Pence. Yeah, which yeah, Mike, hey, Mike, Mike Pence, Pence couldn't be shocking if he stuck a fork in a light socket.
0: Yeah, Mike Pence. Listen, Mike Pence. Okay, real, real fast. Mike Pence uh, was good in my book up until January 6th. After January 6th, I you know he's he's a nothing but a
1: traitor. Really is he? He was a traitor because he did what he was supposed no, he to do. Stabbed, he,
0: st- he stabbed Trump in his back. And, and, and How? Trump,
1: what did What did you expect him to do?
0: Trump didn't incite any riot.
1: Oh, you mean uh, you mean his comments after January 6th?
0: No, 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 no. Okay, Trump was was trying to you know tell these people, hey, listen, you know, let's be peaceful. Da 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 da. It's all it's it's all over. The, you know, there's proof. There's there's facts all over the place about January 6th. and. Trump never told those people to go and storm the Capitol. He yeah, never, no, that I, never came
1: out of his mind. I, I, heard what he, I heard what he said. And what he said, if I was listening to that, I would have said, yeah, let's go storm the Capitol. Right, I if, heard what he said. If, so if, you, you if, can if, tell me all you if, want what he said, but I know what he said. I heard it.
0: Well, if you, if you twist up his words, yeah, that's probably what you know, a lot of people thought he said. But that's not what he said.
1: Well, you know who thought that he said that? The people that stormed the Capitol. So it still incited it whether he meant it or not. It still happened. Well, Sometimes he people accidentally kill people, but they still killed somebody.
0: Yeah, I know. That's it.
1: But just, to, clari- just have- to clarify, you're talking about when you say that you're disappointed in Pence, you're talking about the way he handled what happened after January 6th. You're not talking about no, what he did on January 6th. You're not talking about no, actually I'm certifying, talking about, I'm certifying talking, the votes. I,
0: yeah. No, I don't know. I'm talking, okay. about, I'm talking about him, you know, after January 6th of, you know, Pretty much throwing Trump right under
1: the bus. Sure. You know? that, okay. No, I just wanted to clarify that because I didn't want you to... I wasn't... I was saying... What are you saying? All, oh, he did what he had to do on January 6th. That's all he was allowed to do. I, I, I see what you mean now.
0: Yeah. All right. Are you, trying to, are you trying to be sarcastic with
1: me? No. Okay. No, I just... I, when, you, when you said you were disappointed in what he did on January 6th, I said... Yeah. It, it's ceremonial. He couldn't have done anything different. But you were talking about the way that he handled the whole... You're talking about January 6th oh, the event, I'm, I'm, not not I'm the day of. About, yes. Right, 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 okay,
0: right. Okay,
1: just wanted to clarify.
0: So, all right, Tim. All right, you have a good day. I'll see you
1: later. Bye. 508-996-0500. Got to take a break back in a few. <sighs> you know, and now that uh that 50s night is over, don't think that the 50s music is going to end. You're you're going to hear some more of it throughout the course of the show today because it's it's in my head. It's my earworm now. So it's going to, and again, it pretty much kind of always is. Some of these songs are in my head quite frequently. In fact, in the weeks leading up to 50s night, uh, Joe Stafford's version of You Belong to Me has been one of my earworms. So I made sure I put that in the playlist last night. And uh, I just happened to get in the car and was heading home right when it came on. And I said, oh, perfect timing, perfect timing. Uh, So if you had a favorite song that you heard last night, Let me know, 508-996-0500, or send an app chat on the WBSM app, or send in an email. All right, got to take one final break of the hour. Back in a few moments.